0: Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from The Verge. Today, David Morrison and I discuss um, the mysteries of the gospel, uh, sort of the open-endedness of the parables within the gospels, and how that uh, has informed our uh, spiritual walk and um, just sort of investigating different aspects of it, you know, as far as religion, not embracing it on a, on a popular scale, and so on and so forth. So uh, before we get into that, thank you, Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you, Jacob Nedia. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, Some Monk Drums. Uh, to learn more about Desert Rain Community, theruined.com is a place to go for that. Uh, drcrpod.com is a place to go for other episodes of podcast um, or wherever you found this particular episode you should be able to find all the other ones on that same podcatcher and dreamwalkerway.com is a place to go to pick up uh, David Morrison's book of haiku, desolate beauty, the book of light and shadow Uh, lastly if you enjoy what you're hearing please tell a friend, Uh, social media and word of mouth really helps us out, we appreciate you And let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. David Morrison.
1: Hello, sir. How are you doing? I'm sleepy.
0: Sleepy? (laughs) Sleepy and sick? Yeah, Um, under the weather. So today, I don't know when this one will post. Actually, that's not true. This will post like in a week. Um we are going to explore the mystery of the gospels and the um story element the uh, sort of open endedness of the parables within the gospels um and so maybe to start out you could if you could sort of lay the the foundation of these um Sort of what your understanding of the idea of around when whenever Jesus is asked a question, he doesn't you know say like, "Oh, it's it's yes or it's no." It's, yeah. There's always there, not always, but a lot of times it's a it's a story to make a bigger point. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe you could lay the foundation of of your understanding around that, in the context of the Gospels.
1: Yeah, I guess it's the great irony or contradiction of the four Gospels because. Here you have Jesus saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's true. And then they ask him about (laughs) 300 questions, and he answers only like three of them directly. And the rest, he either answers them with another question or with a parable or some mysterious kind of saying. Uh, And even the ones that he answers directly— are even spurious, you know. Mm. Are you a king? Pilate will ask him, right? Mm-hmm. Are you a king? He's like, well, you say I am. So he almost <laughs> answers directly. <laughs>
0: and, uh, it's in the ballpark of direct That's as mess. close as he gets to a
1: direct <laughs> answer, you know. Can you teach us how to pray? All right, here's a prayer. Uh, you know, and so, yeah, but the rest are are answering with another question or a parable. And so the Gospels themselves are very... They're very strange books Mm -hmm. when you look at the corpus of world literature. Um, They're not histories. They're not systematic theologian Mm -hmm. uh, or theological statements. They're not creeds. They're not catechism books. Uh, So what are they, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. And they even started off as... uh, passed on verbally like they didn't start as books no they no. were eventually recorded at some point yeah
1: and the versions that we have aren't even written in the language that jesus spoke right or or the original uh disciples from galilee in that region uh they would have known very little greek um most of them spoke aramaic mm. and we don't have any written aramaic gospels there's some speculation that there was one maybe mm. yeah right <laughs> uh, they just
0: it sounds better yeah. if, if there was one at some point <laughs> there
1: seems like there might have been one right after that and they call it q that's what they call it and really theologians the q yeah that's funny Don't me just trigger anybody out there <laughs> uh which which they think maybe mark came from mark mm. and matthew came from and and so yeah so what are they well they're simply the, they're the liturgy of these early regional churches mm-hmm. uh, compiled probably across regions, and they're the meditation, corporate meditation of the Jesus event, okay. of their encounters with Jesus from, some from memory, from, some from the meditation together, prayer mm-hmm. together, worship together, uh, as the spirit told them, so to speak. And so... Yeah, so you can't turn them into systematic theology like we've tried to do.
0: Well, and the funny thing, too, about naming them after an individual person, they're actually communal. Yeah, yeah. For example,
1: yeah, Luke, that name from my memory wasn't even attached to that gospel for another hundred years. After it was in circulation, <laughs> nice. I'll just call it Luke. <laughs> Boom, we did it. There, now that does it. Now they each have a name. <laughs> yeah. So there's usually this picture of these, yeah, these four individuals, because it works in artwork to have the four right represented yeah, and sure. all that. But yeah, but these are communities, and the, and these are collective memories and meditations on Jesus of Nazareth and the kingdom of God. What they knew is the kingdom, kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Which is the presence and working of the divine in the here and now,
0: and and I guess what sort of sparked my thought process around this is I was uh, recently having a conversation with a friend, and he was talking about how he had gotten into um, like Buddhist koans, okay, and um, and those are meant very similarly to be they're not you know they're not direct like this is the path to. nirvana right right they're they're riddle-ish in nature they're not necessarily riddles but you know and and you read them you know if you meditate on one for 100 years you know you're going to get a different perspective every you know every so often as as they um they kind of sink into your dna and and um it kind of for my personal journey it made me think of of um the practice of lectio divina that that um you introduced me to um knowing the the sort of open-ended nature of the um parables yeah within yeah. the gospels and and just um how it it's a very it's been for my personal walk it's been a very similar thing as this gentleman that I was talking to his uh interaction with the the cohens and and um so for those may you know there there's people that listen that i imagine aren't that uh steeped in the gospels as, as you are and and um i don't know if you want to give an example whether it's like the um, the good samaritan or the um prodigal son or or one of these other stories yeah. of of uh may and maybe it's one that you know has a particular connection for you at some point in your spiritual walk or it just (laughs) the first one that comes to mind but uh um you know maybe we can start with that and sort of delve into this this idea of an open-ended story to um answer a question that jesus was presented with
1: yeah so going back to uh, i guess buddhist khan's uh one of the goals of those, they're, they're nonsensical sayings. I can't think of one off the top mm. of my head. But they're not, uh, what is the sound of uh, one hand clapping, I think. Mm, would be one. Right, right, right. Famous one. Uh, they're, they're meant to be nonsensical, irrational sayings so that the meditator will get out of the egoic mind mm-hmm. and into a non-dual mind. In other words, the the egoic mind would be your, the, the things inside of us uh, that wants to control everything to have the answers for everything um, to be self empowered uh over others mm-hmm. uh over information uh and to be the center of everything Center, so, center so, of the universe so these cons are to throw that that mind off and enter into a a, a, a non dual mm-hmm. receptive mind that can accept two opposite truths at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so the, so the parables in the in the gospels are similar in that yeah, they do that, but they also uh when Jesus tells these parables often he was undermining his listeners' uh prejudices. Mm. So like for example, he
0: was he was turning trying to turn their world upside down. Yeah. So he right. would take their
1: enemies, like the Samaritans were the enemies mm. uh, to the to the good practicing Jews. <laughs> And so he would make the Samaritans the heroes and the, you know, and the Pharisees and the religious leaders were their heroes. And so he makes them the villains in the story. So he, so he does that just to...
0: Makes people clutch their pearls. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) Makes you very uncomfortable, uh, throws you off balance so that you could be receptive to another, a third truth, so Mm. to speak. So another example would be, uh, you you know, he'd say the kingdom of God is like, and... And they would expect him to say something like uh, the 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 cedar of Lebanon, which was the cedar of Lebanon was a was the national tree. Okay. of of Israel. I, I, I okay. think it's the, I think it's on the flag of Lebanon now. I oh,
0: think. interesting.
1: I think there's a tree, isn't it?
0: On, I uh, think so. I, I don't. I can't. I honestly oh, can't.
1: <laughs> so so they were yeah. So so these trees were supposed to you know they're the great tree and they represent Israel and this nationalistic. And so they expect him to say that. And then he says the mustard seed plant, which oh, is a stinkweed. Right. Yeah. It's unclean. It's actually an unclean, uh, not supposed to be in a Jewish garden. And he says, "This is God's choice," and you know, and he, and he and it's comical because he says the birds of the air make their nests in it. You know, this thing's the size of a tumbleweed, <laughs> right. uh, and so it's not even the cool birds. For us this. in the Southwest,
0: <laughs> it's it's the same as the goat heads. Yeah, yeah, or a, you know,
1: maybe a mesquite. You know, and so so that's what he so that's what he does. He he builds up their expectation for one thing, and then introduces another, which is which is what comedy does. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also what prophetic speaking does Mm -hmm. or, and, and so that's, that's the point of it. And so when we read these gospels and and read the parables to just reinforce our preconceived notions of God, Mm. we're doing it wrong, (laughs) which is okay. Do it wrong until you realize it's wrong. That's Mm -hmm. how you go forward. Well, that's
0: how you grow too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, but that's kind of what church history has been
0: Mm -hmm, is to mm -hmm.
1: reinforce my ideas, my preconceived ideas of what, how God is supposed to, to act in the world and what the fabric of reality is. And it needs to conform to my expectation. And, uh, yeah. And the problem with reality is that it, it's biased against your expectations. Well, and, um, our
0: brains look for that black and white thinking. Right. Like. Uh, and we've talked, we've, uh, who knows how many times we've referenced this book, but the, the Jonathan Haidt book. right, um, yeah, Right. Yeah. Where religious we just mind. Yeah. Where we, <clears throat> we, we think we take in information and then make a decision, right. but it, they've done study after study. It's been recreated where we actually make a decision and then we look for information to corroborate that quote unquote right. right decision. And so, you know, if if you believe that uh just for example, this conversation that, you know, the Bible has all the answers in the right. sense like this is a guide for living on a certain right. on a certain way, right? That's how
1: it's marketed in America. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Um and then you start to read it, you're gonna see there's not really no. <laughs> that's not really the case. But if you start to p- pick and choose verses out of this book, or these many books, right? Yeah. Made into "quote unquote" one book, uh, you c- you can pick and choose verses throughout the whole thing to yeah. create this dogma, create this black and white thinking, and to create this um. Uh. For whatever, whatever you want to believe, whatever you've already yeah. decided you believe in, um, and that's, in my opinion, that's not how. You know, not just the Bible, but any spiritual text, any spiritual text you come across, it, it, yeah. it is um, to be read, reread, meditated on, um, you know, find other people's opinions about these things. Right. Wow. Um, and and actually kind of going in, I, you know, we've we've definitely touched on it many times before, but if um, this idea of Lectio Divina with within, you know, parable you know using parables um or you know or verses um and maybe if you could outline the 4 step um lectio divina again just for people that are unfamiliar with that and yeah. and, and you know kind of elaborate a little bit on this sense of you think it's one answer But then the parable turns it on its head to give you that third option, like you mentioned a few minutes ago.
1: Yeah, and often they're open-ended too. Yeah. So like the prodigal son story, the the one son returns, the other son won't come in the house, and it leaves the story there. Mm -hmm. So maybe the next day the other son comes in, and maybe the next day the other son (laughs) says, uh, this isn't what I thought it would be. And he leaves again. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he it's all open-ended.
0: Again. Well, even the one, uh, where he tells the rich guy, like, get rid of all your stuff and come with me. Right. You don't, it never says he, le- he left and then came back because he got rid of all of his stuff. Yeah, it doesn't knows? say he went and continued just enjoying his rich lifestyle and, and, uh, but still he followed the commandments. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you, you don't really know what the, um, "Quote unquote," the end of the story. Yeah.
1: So I forgot your question. Just the, the the
0: four step lectio Divino. Oh yeah, 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 um, yes, 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 yes.
1: So it's it's the the idea is to sit with the text and to experience the different levels until it becomes the living word of God in you. Mm-hmm. Is is the idea? Uh, you know, this might sound uh, controversial, but Christianity. Uh, I know that I know there's been a lot of effort, uh, particularly among in the Protestant Reformation to make Christians people of the book. Mm, Right. We're not people of the book. That's that's the scandal of Christianity, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, We're a a personality cult, if you will. Uh, We claim this human being uh, named Jesus. We named Jesus of Nazareth is the divine son of God, Mm -hmm. the Messiah. And in the Jewish tradition. but open to Gentiles as well. So then it gets really complicated. Uh, and so, so anyway, yeah. So God, uh, John's gospel describes Jesus as the word. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's kind of hearkening, you know, the, the gospel is really hearkening to Her- Heraclitus, the, the Greek philosopher uh, who said that there was an original fire that was spoken forward so it's it's definitely referencing that, and so so in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God um, and so that's what you're hoping. you sit with a written text, okay and you hope that the you'll encounter the living the living Christ, the living Word, that would actually uh transform you and change you uh, into a, a compassionate human being, a loving human being and so yeah so you so you go through these you know through the monastic tradition over the last 1500 years. And I, I've been looking for evidence that uh, Jewish practice had this even mm-hmm. pre Christian, which I, there's gotta be something.
0: When I remember you, um, what was that gentleman from Colorado? Evan. Yeah. Howard. Yeah. I remember yeah. you guys talked
1: about yeah. it. It's um, been something I've been interested in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, I'm sure it came out of Judaism as well. Uh, and there's probably even in Greek philosophy, uh, a pattern of this, but, you know, but by the time, you know, a couple of centuries out, uh, it kind of got developed into these four Mm -hmm. phases. So the first would be, you, you read it out loud, you read the text out loud and you just listen to the words Mm -hmm. themselves and then you sit with it. So you, you, you put some pause between there, you know, uh some minutes of silence after listening to it be read, uh, maybe two or three times even. Um, and then you go into the second phase, which would be, uh, meditation. And so you basically listen to it and and what do you, what words or phrases stick out to you mentally at the, at the mind level? Uh, what does it remind you of? What is it, what is it saying to you today? Uh, if it's a parable, you could put yourself in the role of those different mm. players in it, you know, right. or, or even a, if it's a scene of, of Jesus, uh, you know, the uh, healing a leper, you know, imagine yourself as Jesus, imagine yourself as the leper, imagine yourself as the bystanders. Uh, and so, so that would be meditation. And then you, and then again, you soak in the silence of it and you sit with it. And then you go into the third phase, which would be prayer and you hope uh coming from Romans 12 that uh we we don't know how to pray as we should but the spirit prays through us with words and utterances too deep for words right uh and so you hope that a prayer of the heart will emerge and uh, as as they call it the mind would descend into the heart it go to a deep level of of uh you know of, of ardent faith and and some fire inside of you a prayer a naked prayer would come out not a pious
0: Right. Elevated prayer. Uh <laughs> kind of like we talked about uh one recently. Yeah, yeah. The I'm glad I'm not like this guy right, over yeah. here prayer. <laughs> yeah, not pious
1: prayers. We're talking a naked, vulnerable prayer. Uh oh God, I don't know what the hell I'm doing, you know, that kind of thing.
0: An honest prayer. Uh, help. Yeah, an honest
1: prayer. Yeah. Um, and so then you sit again in the silence, and then you go into the fourth, which is uh contemplation. Which is beyond words, and you sit in the presence of the truth of that text, mm. which is embodied in the Word of God, the the uh, the 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 pre-incarnate Word, if you will. And so you just simply sit there and gaze uh, on the beauty of God in the face of Christ Jesus. And so that's that's kind of lectio divina in a in a nutshell, as they say.
0: And um, <coughs> for those that aren't like very familiar. In between each reading, because you read it each time, right? Yeah. How much silence would you l- recommend? You know, maybe someone that's just getting into Lectio Divina between each each section of of the four readings.
1: I, I usually just say whatever it takes for you. So okay. you know, whatever you're comfortable. Some with Some people at are that very point. regimental, and they yeah. and they use a timer.
0: Right. Uh, Which I, that's how I would I approach help it. You. That's good.
1: You know. <laughs> That's exactly what I would do. (laughs) Yeah. Got to be silent for 20 minutes. (laughs) But there's times I've entered into, uh, there are times where I've intentionally tried to be still and silent and and do contemplative prayer that way for 20 minutes and did not enter into, did not experience an interior stillness or silence or peace. Right, right. And then there are times where I didn't expect it and it was within three seconds maybe, uh, where I entered in deeply into deep time. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those weird.
0: And it might only last three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't, yeah. And it doesn't matter. Cause it's eternity. <laughs> so, but it's so deep. It's it, yeah. Like you're saying it, it seemed like eternity, but yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. And that, that, uh, that's one of the practices. Like I said, you had introduced me to that. who knows how many years ago and, mm. and, has been very helpful in um i guess just exploring the bible in general having that that practice and that idea of of not just necessarily, cuz before that i had you know kind of read the gospels as a book right beginning to end but what you could do it may, you know it're written yeah it's written that way it's it's fine but um just to sort of explore in a new and different way um for me personally has been an extremely um useful tool a useful gift to sort of try and and uh like you were saying use it as a mirror you know picture myself as as jesus picture myself as a leper picture myself as the observant uh, or observers um in the crowd and and um, what does that mean for me in the here and now and then going back and revisiting those things years later and it's it's totally different because i'm a totally different person right yeah, my yeah. my life experiences have changed and and so on and so forth um I, this 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 is kind of a a weird might be a weird question but um you know we we've uh covered pretty pretty in depth your you know you've grown up in the church you know you've always been attached to christianity in some way shape or form um, but when, when did sort of this mystery of the gospel, this open-endedness of the gospel, when, when did that really hit you, um, in a profound way, or, or maybe it never has hit you in a profound way. You've just yeah. always, you've always noticed it in some way, shape or form. But, um, do you remember a time where it was like, you know, the light bulb went off, so to speak, and it was like, oh, this, this is so many different. This isn't, this is way more, uh, there's way more levels to this than I once thought. Um, yeah,
1: it was, it was probably, probably, uh, being introduced to Richard Rohr probably. Oh, okay. Actually, because as a, as a charismatic preacher, the, the tradition is usually in, in with amongst really all evangelicals, the average, sermon that you'll hear is usually out of the epistles mm-hmm. the right, writings of right. paul yep. and they stay away from jesus you know and it's like someone said jesus is the most irrelevant uh person in the history of christianity uh <laughs> it's it's all about they don't know paul. what to do with him right <laughs> yeah. they don't know what to do with jesus i don't know what to do with paul uh, oh, okay you know that we treat paul like he was some sort of uh Privileged, wealthy, comforted uh, student who was writing from the walls of Oxford University, mm. and, but he was just a traveling comfort- salesman. Yeah, right? he's getting his ass kicked every day. Yeah. He was on the road, run half the time, uh, being beaten, uh, his life in danger.
0: Because they looked at him as a traitor, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a traitor to to his own Judaism. Okay, and he's caused and he's controversial to the Christian Church because he murdered them.
0: Yeah, uh, beforehand. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so, yeah, and he's and he's letting Gentiles in. That wasn't a that wasn't a settled question at the time. Uh, oh, he tried to settle it, but uh, and so, yeah, and he's writing these these letters from prison and or on the run to specific problems with specific churches, and so to turn him into some systematic theologian is has, has been. I I think it's silly, but what do I know? Uh, <laughs> And so, Jesus even more so. And so, because mm-hmm. you can't pin them down. And, and so, I got tired of that. And so, I decided uh, it was wrong. You got tired of what part? Uh, preaching out of the epistles okay, and okay. Romans all the time yeah, yeah, and yeah. that kind
0: of thing. Having a 10-week uh, series yeah. on an epistle.
1: <laughs> and so, I was just like, you know what? I'm not even going to personally. It was just a personal decision that I made in the early 2000s. Okay. I was like, I'm not even going to read the epistles anymore. Mm. Uh, I'm just going to read the, f- the four gospels and not even the four. Cause John, I had a lot of problems with the gospel of John too. Okay. It's very, has a lot of absolutist statements right. in it. And, uh, it comes across as anti-Semitic. If you don't, mm. if you read it on the surface, it mm. totally looks that way. So I was just too problematic. So I was just going to read the what they call the synoptic gospels, mm. which is, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And I was just like, so I did that for a few years. And then I realized, you know, uh, Paul's writings mm-hmm. were 80 to a hundred years before those gospels were written.
0: Paul's right. Okay. if You're right. looking for an the earlier epistles, Christianity. Right, right, yeah. Right, right.
1: You have to go. So I had to go back to Paul and I started studying, study and took courses on Paul again and ga- gained a new gained appreciation, new information, Eventually, but yeah, but it was, yeah, it was Richard Rohr who pointed out
0: and actually Jesus, before we Jesus go down, he doesn't
1: answer questions. He, he poses more questions.
0: Yeah, before we go down the Richard Rohr um, hole, did, when you were doing your like series for sermons and stuff, did you also would you also visit the Old Testament? Yeah, I was the crazy.
1: When I started following the liturgy, which was about 1997, uh-huh. I actually built sermons around the four readings and somehow okay. <laughs> incorporated. I feel sorry for the people that <laughs> showed up. Why did they keep? They showing kept. Up? I was gonna say they kept showing. Up, I know. So. I don't know why they. They just were gluttons for punishment. There you go. So yeah, I would they literally take I would literally take <laughs> outline number 1, Roman numeral 1 would be the Old Testament reading. Okay. I would string it into a theme mm-hmm. with the psalm mm-hmm. and then and then Roman numeral 3, the New Testament reading. Mm-hmm. Uh and then Roman the numeral gospel. 4, the gospel reading. Uh and so it was yeah, it was crazy. It was just a crazy ambitious thing to do. That's awesome. <laughs> so then yeah, so somewhere I guess probably when we came out of here, I was like just chill out, dude, and just I just focus on the gospel itself. Yeah, and, and so we're scaled down. We're a low budget operation.
0: <laughs> Going back to to this this idea of Rory, or not this idea of Rory. He's a real person, but yeah, um, he planted the idea to you of of um, this uh, or helped cultivate this idea of the mystery of the gospels.
1: Yeah, I listened to a lecture he gave on the radical nature of jesus and he did one on paul as well and they were yeah they were life-changing for me and so that led me to read more uh on what what they call it i went more scholarly during that time instead Mm -hmm. of devotionally Mm -hmm. and began taking courses and reading books on what they call pauline the new pauline scholarship and what they call the new jesus scholarship and so
0: what's um, the idea behind those two
1: Well, like, for example, the Jesus scholarship in the early 1900s, a theologian named Albert Schweitzer, because of modernism, wanted to pursue uh, the historical Jesus. Can we know who the historical Jesus was? Right, right. And so he spent many years doing that, and he realized whatever uh, image you come up with with Jesus is just going to reflect you. So, if you're a communist, Jesus is a communist. If you're a capitalist, Jesus is going to be a capitalist. You're a nationalist. So, he said, to hell with it. He went off to Africa and just did medical care for people (laughs) and just forgot (laughs) about it. So, he abandoned the project in that sense, or he finished the project and people didn't really touch it for until the 1980s or so. And they they picked it up again. And scholars said, uh, okay, you can't find a specific. Historical Jesus of Nazareth, right. but you can find a, a composite mm. uh, a, a uh, what's what's the word uh, the type of paintings uh, like a mosaic, a mosaic, yeah, a painting of mm. Jesus. You you can know factually and historically, in a general sense, mm. what a first century Palestinian Jew thought about and how they saw the world, and Jesus, the How's- historical Jesus was a first century Palestinian jew right and how and they so, navigated
0: the world yeah and mm-hmm. who and
1: who were these 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 people who were the mm-hmm. Pharisees who were the Sadducees who were the the Essenes these groups that you hear about these are historical groups right, so what were they doing in a desert out you know of Palestine who were the Romans at that time so you can know things about yeah. that and and come up with a uh composite view, and so the scholarship was picked up again, and that's the stuff I read and
0: well, it's uh, and they did the same with
1: Paul, the new Pauline uh, studies
0: kind of uh, thing. And you could come up with a composite.
1: Of what he was actually saying, yeah. There's, there's, uh, you know, with Romans specifically is a, is a good example. What was really, what is that letter really saying? It doesn't, you know, if you read it on the surface, to me, it felt like preachers were just pretending they, this is important, <laughs> but we, we we don't know what it's really saying. We're not quite sure what But we're going to pretend that we know what it's saying. And I was like, he doesn't even know what he's saying. The writer of this book doesn't even know what he's saying. This makes no sense. And so, so yeah, through that, I was able to get a historical picture, a cultural picture, of what's behind this letter, and yeah. and and it makes a lot more sense now.
0: Well, it's funny too. Going back to the uh, what was the name of the researcher that was trying to figure out uh, Albert Schweitzer. So one of the things I paid attention to, or. Yeah, I was paying attention to. So it, I went, you know, I sent you some pictures, but went to the art museum in Philadelphia last week. Oh, nice. And they have a religious section, right? Because there was a time where that's all, you know, there's a huge concentration on. Yeah. paint. You know, famous painters doing religious type paintings. And you could look at the painting. And guess what part of the world, even if you didn't know who the painter was, Oh wow. you know, so I went around and I would like, yeah, look that, at that's it. That's
1: Spain. <laughs> like, uh, and look yeah.
0: down at the thing and be like, okay, yeah, okay. That's definitely
1: England. There's, <laughs> that's... If there's no joy in it, it's England. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Jesus is as white as can be England. <laughs> oh, this, this,
0: guy, <laughs> this guy's from a Scandinavian country. Yeah. Sure enough. Oh,
1: if it's got a little bit of a hidden, dirty joke, it's gotta be German. <laughs>
0: And it was just, it was so interesting. And it it just popped in my mind right now when you were saying like, you know, if you're a communist, Jesus is a communist. If you're a capitalist, Jesus is a capitalist and so on and so forth. And how uh, not only with the, you know, the interpretation of the Bible, but even, you know, artwork. You know, like oh, yeah, Jesus, for sure. Jesus was on our side, so we'll make yeah. Jesus look like us, right? Exactly. And so Malibu Jesus,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the um, blonde hair and the blue eyes. He looks like he's gonna <laughs> go surfing. He's your buddy,
0: but yeah, buddy Jesus, Chad <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> uh, the Kevin Smith buddy Jesus. Um, so, <sighs> with this, you know, kind of coming back to the the parables and and. um, they're created in such a way to you know um uh, open ended storytelling um challenging uh well, maybe challenge might not be the right word, but just sort of uh lending itself to this idea of questioning, yeah right um well from your perspective um just from everything you've encountered over the years what why do you think there's less? uh in, in in popular Christianity, uh sort of famous Christianity, why is there less focus on this open ended questioning, um introspective, you know, how, you right. know, what does this mean to you? Uh
1: yeah, um, fluid
0: mm-hmm. interpretation of, of the yeah. gospels.
1: I, I think it's just as simple. People want black and white answers, so they don't okay. have to think and do the sp- the spiritual work it's just easier for some guy in an Armani suit to tell you he's wearing an Armani suit. So he must be successful. (laughs) He has got to have some answers. And so, you know, and, and people are hurting, people uh, are looking for answers. Um, And I mean, it's probably, it's probably a human nature thing, maybe not just our culture, but, uh, but the, the whole idea of the confidence man, con man yeah, 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 you know well this person has confidence i'm yeah. gonna put my confidence in this person and this person is saying that these oils will heal my cancer and uh so i'm gonna buy this oil and you know we we love snake oil in this country uh and so uh so we just yeah we want the quick answer we yeah. want the uh the secret we want the secret you know
0: and, yeah hence the book uh, that was a, a bestseller over and over yeah, and over yeah. Again. So, yeah and it's not exclusive
1: to christianity for sure you know and um and so that's that's kind of the what's going on i think with it and
0: yeah because um, um i kind of assumed that's that was gonna and i you know it, it it's not just christianity like you said right even even in the in the recovery world, right, you know yeah. what I mean? You want to go to the, uh, if you go to the fancy detox and rehab, yeah, you'll, the you'll Betty be Ford clinic. Yeah. You'll be, <laughs> you'll be, you'll, be, you'll have a better quote unquote, better sobriety here. where the stars go to dry out. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> um, and, uh, but then when, you know, when you're, when you're tasked with, uh, service when you're tasked with prayer, when you're tasked with silence and, and not, not, ta- you know, at least from the recovery sense, not tasked in any, there's no authority. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's not like a priest or a pastor or whatever, tasking you with these things, but just, if you truly crave the spiritual life or the spiritual path, you'll just internally get tasked with these things because yeah. it's part of the past, right? Like, the whole lectio divina thing—it's reading. There's silence, and then there's prayer that yeah. may or may not bubble up, right? But if you do it long enough, it's going to bubble up. Yeah, you know, and and it's going to look in a way you never imagined. You know, you and I joke about like, you know, you joke about ending up in the middle of the desert and yeah. being here for as long as you have, and and you know, I I'll sometimes talk to my recovery people like. Don't, don't pray and meditate too much. Cause you'll end up in the middle of the fucking desert. Crazy man. <laughs> things. <laughs> but um,
1: yeah, people are looking for authority. What, who's what's our authority to say the things that we say and live the way that we live. Mm-hmm. And so, so there's some simple answers. Well, the, you know, some will say, well, it's the church, the church is my authority. And mm-hmm. you know, the priest and the Pope will tell me what to do. And then the Protestants, you know, it's it's the Bible itself. The book's my authority. It's the, it's the Bible itself, you know. And, uh, and so, and then, you know, then there's those that'll say, well, science is my authority, mm. that kind of thing. And yeah. uh, and so so people are wanting that answer so they can feel more secure. And uh, when when the illusion of security lifts off, then you don't really, those questions aren't as important to you. For sure. You know?
0: Yeah. And I, I think one of the, um i'd re re um revisited a couple of his podcasts recently because of the we did the one with newell but um rob bell that's one of the things oh, he talks yeah. about is like um the the sort of you know kind of going back to what you're just talking about oh is Jesus a real person yeah you know what i mean he's like that's that's uninteresting to me right you know like what what does the the bible say about gay marriage he's like you know and i I don't know if he's used that example let me just i don't know if he's given that example but he's you know these surface level things is like yeah we i mean we can debate those and and whatever but it's it's actually not that interesting of a question right but these open-ended questions you know what i mean what what does it mean when our hated enemy in the whole world the samaritan is actually the good guy in the story, yeah. right? And and what does that mean for me in twenty twenty two? Who is my? Who do I think is the most evil, hated enemy? You know what I mean? And well, what you know, maybe they have some good in them to help somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um,
1: yeah, and, and that's what I would say would, how it transformed me. The mm-hmm. focusing on the gospels instead, uh, the the questions in my heart, the the questions that were foremost on my mind. Began to shift in priority, so before the before I started really meditating on the Gospels, one of the top questions was, uh, who's right and who's wrong, mm. you know, who's scriptural and who's <laughs> not scriptural, right? Those, those yeah. are an important question to me in my twenties. Okay, <clears throat> and uh, but the Gospels made that question kind of dissolve, or at least move and have another question lift up, which is, who is my neighbor? Uh, that was, became a more important question. Right. Who is my neighbor is, is a better question. Uh, you know? And so that's, that's kind of the, the, the work that it did
0: on me. That's uh, interesting. Cause the one for me with that in a similar way ways, um, how do I love my enemy? Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, how, how do I still show love for that? Whether it's an individual person or a group of people, like yeah. what, what does that mean for me? Cause it's not on them. It doesn't say like, Oh, you got to make wait till that person or that group of people comes and then uh, you can be friendly with them and then learn to love them. It says, you know, yeah, love your enemy. It's like, well, how do I do that?
1: <laughs> yeah. So that for me before that, it was, how can I win over my enemies? How can I, in
0: what sense? Like win them like you'll destroy the, them? The or? argument. Yeah. The okay. argument, okay. how could
1: I, you know,
0: how, check, could, check how could I them. beat them and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and
1: publicly humiliate them? Right. I don't want them to die or anything. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a I'm a, not a psalmist, you know, who wants their children to die. You Crash know, against the rocks. Yeah, <laughs> these horrible psalms, you know. I'm not like that, but but I do want them to be uh, publicly humiliated, yeah, yeah somehow. Uh, and 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 to me, to be proven right. And, and so, yeah, and you begin to meditate on the gospels, and it, the question becomes. Uh, yeah, how do I love my enemies? How do I even do that? Uh, how do I eliminate them as enemies and they become friends? Uh, how do I do that? You know, and that's, yeah, it's transformative.
0: And it's radical too at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And that was the other thing
1: is how radical Jesus really is. Yeah. Uh it was incredibly radical, inclus- a radical inclusiveness. Once you begin to see it, you can't unsee it, yeah. uh, you know, uh, he, he intentionally takes them, in, in John's gospel, he intentionally takes the, the group to Samaria, where they're not supposed to go. Mm. Uh, it's a, for, it's forbidden. He uh
0: You go the long way around. Samaria. Yeah, and you
1: read between the lines, it says they, he waited at the well out in the middle of the desert. Right. They went off to go find food. Well, why would they have to go find food? Because the Samaritans' food was unclean to them. Mm. They had to go find good Jewish food. And then he talks to this woman. He's not supposed to do that. And not only is she, she's a, she's kind of an exiled woman mm. in her own community. So she's the exile of the exiles and he engages her in an equalized conversation. He honors her. Uh, and then he makes them stay with them. I think it says three days, okay. which means they had to eat their food eventually
0: and uh, interact with and them interact eventually. with him and
1: become unclean. Uh, the same with when he heals the leper. It says that he was unable to enter any towns after that. Mm. Uh, well, it's because he became ceremonially unclean. So he took on the uncleanliness, the stigma, the curse, the Ashanta of uh, of of uh, you know the Jewish code. Yeah, and and so that's that's profound. That's and a it, profound thing. This is God doing this,
0: right? And it's even more so. profound when you think about early on what was he a kid and he's in the temple teaching. Yeah. You know, he's holding court as a young kid and then fast forward 20, 25 years, whatever the timeline is. And now he's actually breaking all the r- yeah, rules. Exactly. Within that, where he was holding, he he was once holding court yeah. as this, uh, you, you know, probably in the the eyes of the leaders of the church right. or the temple, like, Oh, this is the new, prodigy that will make us proud yeah. and happy and,
1: and that and that's what Richard Rohr points out in those lectures. I'm sure you can find him on YouTube. Just Richard Rohr on Jesus. I, I forget the or name. Or
0: even uh what is it, CAC.org, C A C dot org Yeah think, Center for is, Action is his, and
1: Contemplation.
0: They have a lot of um stuff you can listen to and yeah. read on there for uh by Richard Rohr.
1: But he, he brought up the point, you you know, it's it's ridiculous that uh religious conservatives particularly post Jesus up as the, the poster boy for family values. Mm. You know, he's, not, he's that furthest right. thing from that. Yeah. He doesn't follow those cultural rules and, and uh, mores at all. He's, he's 30 something years old, not married at that, in that culture. And at that age, uh, this is, it's a radical thing. It's, it's countercultural, you know, and, or
0: and as, so. as uh, it was put so eloquently in Pulp Fiction, if you don't got an address or legal tender jewels, you're a bum. You're a
1: bum. <laughs> bum. But he still didn't dig on swine. <laughs> he still didn't <laughs> dig on swine. He Doesn't
0: That's got to be what, what he say one charismatic pig. <laughs> um So, uh one of the things we talked about before we um turned on the mics and we, we've covered it in in a way, but but I don't know if you want to speak more on um the problem with trying to codify uh, these stories into black and white theology.
1: Yeah, I oh. just don't think it works. You know, he doesn't fit any of those molds, and so yeah, that was the other point I was going to make: is that we've often tried to make religion the traditional role of religion, whether it's it doesn't matter what which religion of the world and, or which time period. Right. The, the, one of the main roles of religion is to bring order to society. That's, that's, that's its function. Well, Jesus in, in, in the, the Jesus presented in the four gospels does not do that. It's disruptive of the, of the world. He's purposely being
0: disruptive. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: so, so that's, so it doesn't work on that. You can, you can force it and they've done it and they've built Christian empires. Uh, they're trying to build one here in America. There are people actively working for a theocracy, a Christian kingdom. Uh, Russia is actually trying to do that with, with the Orthodox Church. And, uh, and history will tell you it's disastrous. Right. It's, it's, it's murderous and disastrous. And it's idolatrous. Um, and but so, it's an easy Jesus doesn't fit in. An it's an easy answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, so it's that, <clears throat> you know, and the other radical nature of, of the gospels is this idea that he, <clears throat> excuse me, is Jesus preaches and demonstrates this thing called the kingdom of God, which is, which is a radical, I was going to, uh, compare it to, uh, in Buddhism, the cohen would be to bring you to the present moment, mm. but, but his parables tend to, there is that. Aspect Because he'll say the time is coming and is now. Uh, don't worry about tomorrow. Uh, today is all you have. You know, he does say statements like that. But this idea of the kingdom of God is to look for the, the, the Jewish prophet's vision of justice, uh, equality, dignity for all living things, uh, and to act as if that's happening now. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're living the future in the present. As if it's now, and uh, and they, and he demonstrates it. There are no, there's no sickness, so he heals. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, people that are have been excluded and isolated from community, he brings he them back him. in, and so he's he's living the future now. That that's mm-hmm. the other invitation of of these gospels, and it's and it's a radical thing. Uh, it's uh, we haven't really seen it in any other spiritual texts of the world, really, uh, quite like that. So pragmatically too. Well, I think it
0: just also mirroring that idea, and, and you and know, I, it seems like the last—I don't know—six months. It it keeps, it keeps coming up, but just the the divine, the Christ light, or the divine within within everything, right? Yeah. Whether it's every human, every tree, even the soil, right? Like we think yeah. about whatever it, it's, whatever we encounter that's living has that uh that divine that christ light that divine nature about it yeah and um and and how easy it is to forget that right and and get distracted that that's that's not the case and like you're saying g in the jesus story reminding us of that over and over and over with the healing and the including and the um uh Open-ended questions or the open-ended stories. Yeah. Two questions, right? And um,
1: so, so, any any spiritual engagement that you've done, whether intentionally or unintentionally, whether it's studying a scripture or meditating on a koan or a parable, or or spending time in prayer, if it doesn't uh, transform you into a more humble person or a more loving person, then it. it uh, it hasn't been real. It's right. not real. If it, if it props you up to think that you're more right mm-hmm. and more righteous than others, then, uh, you know, there's a story, uh, the, uh, I think it was the Council of Whitby. Uh, so so the, the Roman Empire had fallen and the Irish and Celtic churches, Scotland, Wales, Isle of Man, uh, parts of Britain, uh, these churches were kind of developing that Celtic spirituality kind of apart from the Roman okay model right <clears throat> they were ordaining women as priests that kind of thing st bridget was is known as a bishop mm-hmm.
0: uh, which we talk about next week oh okay yeah, yeah that's this, right this will come out the week before we talk about our lady of guadalupe st yeah. bridget mary
1: so they have this free reign for about two hundred years, and then you know, and then they got it they <laughs> caught like, up with ah, them. Yeah, nah, they're nah, like, we're not doing "All right, it's time for so this." So, so Augustine in that ironic Augustine of uh, I forget his name, Osbury maybe or something, uh, shows up from from London, you know, okay. and, and they and they have the meeting, and so the Irish monks gathered uh, beforehand. And they asked uh, an older saint, saintly, older hermit uh, about how should we respond to this. They're going to you know, put the screws on us. Yeah. And he said, well, let's see if he's a saintly man, if he's a holy man. And they're like, well, how, the, how are we going to know if he's a holy man, huh? And he says, well, uh, show up late to the, to the council meeting. Mm. And if he rises up to meet you and treat you with respect, then you know he's a humble person and you're to listen to him mm-hmm. so they showed up and he didn't get up yeah and he and he's and disrespected them and they and he, knew. And he cuts their heads off <laughs> if he could have yeah and but they yeah so that's how they knew this guy's not of god he's not yeah. from god and uh and there was nothing they could do anyway their mm. their stuff got taken over eventually and
0: you know and as much they as they had to conform with the uh as the when way you're he, dealing with the empire, yeah, <laughs> that's the you're way to be goes. taken over eventually, yeah, like, or
1: killed, <laughs> yeah, or suppressed in some way, yeah. So that's kind of what happened, and so, yeah, so yeah, so those marks of humility, marks of uh, a greater compassion and empathy, those are those are anybody can see those, but if you're right. if you're just I'm right, you're wrong, I know more than you, uh, and then you know that they haven't really been. Yeah, you know, there's a lot more transformation, and we're all we've all been on both sides of that. Of course, right? yeah. So.
0: Well, and I think too with the humility part of it, well, transformation too, but just just walking in nature. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, I know for me that's one of the places where I can I can enter into it, and just uh, my mind be blown away. Right, without I I didn't do it. You know, I didn't do anything to just standing there, whether it's the forest or the beach or the uh you know, Grand Canyon, what you know, whatever, you know you know, looking up at a mountain, whatever it is. um, that's kind of the cool thing about where we live is to one side we have the Oregon Mountains, which are breathtaking, and to the other side we have the the Franklins and um you know either either way you look is it's a breathtaking mountain range, right? Like the, it, it's not comp- right. Like the f- organs aren't correct, and the Franklins are wrong. You know what I mean? There's right. no righteousness yeah, yeah, exactly. in the two. It just, it just beauty. Um, yeah. Cool, man. You have anything else? Oh wow.
1: seems good. <laughs>
0: happy, happy Saturday.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I
0: I hope you feel better soon. Yeah, I hope
1: so. <laughs> I'm feeling under it.
0: Um. So when this is released, we'll be smack dab in the middle of Advent. And I just wanted to let people know last year we did a, a three, it was, it was a four part series. Um, three of the episodes are about Advent. And then the last episode is about Christmas. Um, so their episodes 41 through 43, um, Advent waiting in the dark, Advent preparing the way, Advent, the Magnificat, and then Christmas are the names of them. So if you, if, uh, if you're new to the podcast and you, um, are interested in Advent stuff and getting ready um, for this, uh, this celebration of the birth of Christ and the ideas and sort of what leads up to it. Uh, recommend those. David does a really good job of sort of breaking down uh, some of the Scripture stuff, but also sort of the spiritual um, ideas that are um, important in the in the time of Advent. So uh, check those out. Um, dreamwalkerway.com hopefully by the time this posts the website is up um, but the ordering aspect of it is still um, we're recording this November 26th the podcast should be posted December 6th so I'm hoping in that week and a half timeline the ordering will be up and you can get if you order when this is released or within that week uh, you should be able to get uh copies of desolate beauty the book of light or light and shadow um, before christmas throw those in your stockings folks
1: perfect stocking stuffers (laughs) as they say
0: it actually is because it's a small if you you haven't seen the book it's a smaller uh, it's a cute little devil it is it is (laughs) it's a gorgeous little guy (laughs) um yeah did you have anything i don't know
1: no thank you all for listening yeah. anybody that would listen to schlubs like us right yeah
0: very grateful for your time blown and away investment write here. us
1: contact us
0: uh, yeah uh, you could um, desert or, yeah desertrainpole at gmail.com
1: yeah
0: uh, you can reach out to us there um, like to I'm trying the conversation yeah. I'm trying to twist uh, David's arm into getting an Instagram so yeah he does that we'll put his my, my Instagram is the the Dorian Mason that, the Doreen Mason. Uh, yeah, we love you all, appreciate your time, and uh, thank you to Danny West, he does all the editing yeah. and sound engineering, um, Monk Drums, Jacob Nedia, that's what you hear in the background, and The Ruined, it's .com, right? Right. The Ruined.com, if you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community that's it bueno until next week thank you all